You are listening to Scale Your Freelancing Podcast with your host, Satya Perna. Every week, we bring you inspiring messages and interviews to help you scale your freelance business to six figures while creating more freedom than ever before. Thanks for joining us today and let the show begin. Welcome to Scale Your Freelancing Podcast. This is your host, Satya Purna, and today I'm interviewing Natalie Davison, and I'm so excited to chat with her because Natalie is joining us all the way from Canada, and she has some very cool things to say about branding. So, Natalie, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm obviously so excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I said, <laughs> Go ahead. Do you want to introduce yourself really quick? Yeah, I was I just wanted to share with your viewers that I got so excited I started too fast and we had to take two. <laughs> um, that's how excited I am. But uh, yes, I'm the CEO of Mirror Marketing. We are a small company out of Moncton, New Brunswick, and we serve entrepreneurs all across Canada and the US, but we're certainly welcome to a more global and excited about a more global audience. We teach branding, communications, and uh, content marketing to small business owners through our programs and uh, workshops. Amazing. So do you do more coaching programs or do you do uh, like done for you marketing? So I did done for you marketing for two years, three, Mm -hmm. actually three years. And we just this month paused that part of our business to focus on coaching, teaching, and development and empowering the entrepreneur to be able to learn these skills for themselves. Oh, I love it. I love it. So what were you doing before you started your business? Um, Before I started my business, I was actually the director of new home sales and marketing for a home builder. So I did, I learned all of my chops in digital marketing, basically in a very scrappy way. Mm -hmm. I, it's so funny. um, I was thinking back over the weekend on this because today's Monday and I found this book that I bought in 2010 Mm -hmm. when I was a sales representative and it was Facebook marketing (laughs) because it was going to be the next thing. Yeah. Facebook, you know, Facebook had only been mainstream for a few years. Yeah. And I was reading this book and I had all these cute little notes in it about all of the the things I wanted to learn. And I remember trying to convince my bosses that this was important, um, you know, in my previous work. So when I went to work for this home builder, he just basically gave me carte blanche. He's like, figure it out. So I uh, learned digital marketing on the fly in that role. And it went really well, obviously, because here we are. Amazing. I love that. And I think it's so easy to forget that like Facebook marketing is literally like 10 years old. Like it's just so easy to forget that because, you know, I think because we are so immersed in this world that we think like people have always been marketing on Facebook. What do you mean? It's only been around for 10 years, but like there's, there's still, I think to, to this day, like so many people and so many businesses who have absolutely no idea how Facebook ads work or who have never tried it or who aren't inclined to try it. So it's, it's very interesting that it's only been around for 10 years. It's really amazing when you think about it. I'm 40 years old. So when I graduated from university and college, it didn't even exist. Right. If I learned about Google. I learned how to Google things in my third year university. When one of my professors was like, hey, there's this cool search engine you should try. I mean, these <laughs> things are not taught in my, you know, in my formal education, they were learned yeah. on the ground through, yeah. through doing, right? It's really amazing that now that's how we're living. Yeah. And you know, it's that's so true. Cause I was talking about this with my friend and I was like, 
it's it's true that you know the ways that people could make money in like our parents generation was like very fixed it was very finite it was like you can make money doing this x number of things and nothing else right like that was what it was like you could be a doctor you could be a lawyer you could be an engineer or you could have like uh, or, or you know you got it from your grandfather who was very rich whatever but it's like mm-hmm. there were very finite ways that people could make money and like just actually just in the last like 5 years maybe it's even this whole global payments market has become so sophisticated and like i i uh, remember telling my friend the other day like Oh my god like Stripe and PayPal are now doing instant payouts in Singapore. So when I re- I can receive money from somebody living in the Caribbean, if they send me money today, I can literally instantly receive it in my bank account. And like this has not been possible for like ever before like now, right? It's right. kind of it's really really fascinating how this like the technology around payments and the technologies around business are just evolving so rapidly and it's exciting like what it's going to be like 10 years from now cuz like who knows what you're going to be doing 10 years from now <laughs> it's absolutely amazing and you know we focus so much on where we're heading that it's often hard to really stop and think about where yeah. we've come but like the amount of influence and power and wealth that small businesses can amass now because they have access to um they have access to technologies that allow them to market in a way yeah. that used to be so restrictive because of financial reasons like you needed to be able to get your brand on TV or on yes. a billboard and those two things are not cheap to do in no. busy market so you can get eyeballs now um because you're creative you can get yeah. eyeballs now because you're honest you can get yeah. eyeballs now because um you just show up consistently those things don't require big outlays of capital and that means that we have a world where we are having access to more diversity of voices and yeah. that's just you know so exciting to me so exciting i know i mean mm. i think just this one thing is exciting enough for me to like never want to be in a job ever again because <laughs> i'm like yes, hello so. there's like an infinite things we can play with like why would i go sit in a job and give all of this stuff up <laughs> right I mean, listen, when I was, okay, 2003, I'm in Toronto, I'm in grad school, I'm taking a graduate diploma in international marketing. Um, I had a lot of classmates from India that had come to Canada to take this program. And if you told me then mm-hmm. that I would move back to my hometown of Moncton, yeah. New Brunswick, and yeah. then I would be talking to you on a video call to yeah. do a podcast, like I wouldn't, I couldn't have even imagined that back then. The yes. only path I could imagine back then to international marketing was working for a multinational and making yeah. extremely rich people even more rich. Yeah. Never did I yeah. think it would be my own business. This is just, you know, it's really something when you think about it. No, for sure. And I think it's it's just so fascinating because I feel like 99% of the people in the world still don't see this what we do. as like a valid way of building wealth and i mean of course i think they're kind of short sighted when they say that but like so i'm staying at the shangri-la in, in delhi right now i was telling her before we hopped on that like i've i've been visiting my sister and i needed a little bit of space so i came to a hotel and i was at breakfast today and obviously i was like you know it's it was a little bit colder this morning so i was wearing like a hoodie and like my yoga pants and i was like you know some random girl right so she this lady who's like uh, you know checking in on everyone walks up to me and she strikes up a conversation we had this wonderful conversation and she's like so what do you do and i was like oh like yeah like i have i have a, i just usually typically when people ask me what i do i say i have a marketing consulting business because once they start talking about coaching like it just goes over <laughs> everybody's head so i'm like i i run a marketing consulting business that's what i usually go with 
And um, I said, oh, like I run it. And she's like, right. So what do you do in the firm? I was like, it's my company. And she's like, oh, you own it. And I was like, yeah, I own it. And then she's like, you look like you're 25 years old. How do you own a company already? <laughs> I was like, um, I'm not 25. <laughs> I was like, um, but I did start my company when I was 25. But it, it's just, yeah, it, it's just so funny that people still think that like, oh, you know, if you want, have to run a business, it has to be a thing where you have to invest a lot of capital and be a certain age and like have a certain uh, kind of office or whatever. It's, it's like, I think it's that concept of still, you can literally work anywhere you have a laptop and make how much ever money you want is still such a new concept, right? It's completely foreign. I was I was actually reading an old book that I had. Uh, so I'm, I'm moving. So that's why I'm pulling at all these old books, this old Facebook right. marketing book. And I, bull, I pulled out this other book um, that I had never even read. Somebody gave me, I put it in my bookshelf and, and forgot about it. Um, but I read it on the weekend because it was just a short little thin book. And it was all about, it's called Speed Wealth. And it's all about being a millionaire in two to three years. It's like oh a, a fast wealth building book. It's the, it's a book by uh, T. Harv Ecker. Yep, right here. <laughs> so that's so and, funny because I'm reading his uh, older book uh, with uh, the millionaire mind secrets. The secrets of the millionaire, millionaire mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling all these things out. So I <laughs> so I get these books when I my boss sent me to T. Harv Ecker Millionaire Mindset Conference. Uh -huh. um, I was still an employee, and I was definitely not in a place where I I used that. Right. I'm in a place now where I'm using that, you know? So I pull out Speed Wealth on the weekend and I'm like, well, I can read this in the morning. It's very short. It's very quick. Yeah. Um, and I have, I have not thought about T. Harvecker in like, you know, five years. So I read this book and what I can't stop realizing is he wrote this book before I was in business. Mm. And what I, it keeps hitting me that I built the business the exact way he says to build a business. You're building your business probably the exact way he built, he says to build a business. And it's really about leverage. And these businesses that we're building, our online businesses that we're building right now have so much leverage. We don't yeah. have brick and the mortar and the inventory and all of these very intensive systems and costs that are super high risk that yeah. we were told were a requirement of business. They're not. They're and not. in fact, they allow us to build wealth and to move faster. So it's really interesting what, you know, accidentally I did. Yeah. No, it's, it's so funny because I remember when I was like, I had a book that kind of changed the course of my life too. And that was the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, right? Like, yes. I, I remember I was in like my uh, third year of university in like 2011 when that book came out or when I heard about that book and I got it, a copy in Singapore. And when I was reading it, I was like mind blown by that book. And I was like, holy shit, like you mean to say I don't need to work in a bank and I don't need to do like any of these like traditional things and I can just literally do whatever I want and earn money on the internet? Like what? <laughs> like it was, mm -hmm. it was one of those things that like completely changed my life. But yeah, like many years later, I suddenly like after I was running a business and stuff, I one day realized I was like, holy shit, like I'm actually doing it. Like I, I can just work anywhere in the world as long as I have my laptop and an internet connection. It's quite amazing for sure. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I remember when I read the four hour work week for the first time too, and I was in a job that didn't allow me those things. And I remember just being so annoyed almost yeah. <laughs> because I was like, oh, like, is this guy for real? Like, is this <laughs> like, who really does this though? 
you know, being so annoyed because I had to do the job. And I mean, you know, now in hindsight, obviously, I wish I listened earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, I think everybody has to find their own path, though, as in, I don't think I'm one of those people who would like to do geo arbitrage, like, that's not my thing. Like, you know, he talks about like, oh, yeah, you can, you can buy a product for like a dollar in India and sell it for $25 in the US. Like, yeah. it that's not my jam like personally yeah. that does nothing for me because yeah. it almost feels like it feels like being a fancy like vegetable trader or whatever like it, it there's nothing it's like it just doesn't engage my strengths like my strengths yeah, are in 100%. communication my strengths are in writing my strengths are in ideating like that's the stuff that i love the most uh but yeah it i think it's a great book to get your mind rolling in a different direction where you can see that there are infinite possibilities for you that's exactly, you know what, I'm with you on that. And of course, my strengths are not that either. And I really don't get motivated by um, transactions. I yes. really do get motivated by um, an energy of helping, an energy yes. of value creation. You know, the yeah. fact that I talk all the time with my husband about, I can't, I can't believe that we have this business. My, my husband's not involved in my business. I just talked talk to him about it. I can't believe that my partner and I have this business that, came from an idea like nothing nothing, nothing yes no yeah. like nothing there was nothing there and I was like hey want to start a business and she's like okay and yeah. then we just worked a bunch and now we have like we've sustained ourselves for three years and now we're scaling and yeah. we have a um, person on our team and it's just like I can't believe it yeah but I but it's the you know so I'm yeah. with you on that transactions are great and they're important and essential um however you know what I'm transacting and the value I'm exchanging is much more important to me. Yes, for sure. And I think there's nothing like doing a great job for a client or for, or, you know, or seeing your coaching clients win. And like, there, there's literally nothing more satisfying for me. And I'm sure for you as well than seeing the people you serve win, right? Like make more money yes. and all of that. Like I was talking to a, a client today. We just finished one, like her sales copy together and she was super happy. And she's like, Oh my God, I don't need any revisions. This is perfect. I, I'm, I'm ready to like, publish this on my website. This is perfect. And she was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a six figure launch. And I'm like, of course you are like, of course it's done. And she's like, I can't wait to tell you once this launch closes and like super excited to do this and all that. But it's like, you know, that is what is like really juices me up. The fact that we are helping good people make money in the world and they are getting great results and they're super excited. Like that's the stuff that like tickles my fancy. It's not this like, oh yeah, like I sold this product to a faceless, nameless person in in like somewhere in Canada or the US, like that just doesn't help me at all right 100%. now. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you know, one of the things we work on in our program is we're, we're requiring all of our students, our participants to start with casting a vision. And that's actually really hard for people because first of all, some people just naturally, you know, are visionaries and more easily than others, but it's really hard for people because society tells us that we can't have yes. you know, our dreams, right? Like it's just not, it's not possible or it's ridiculous or people will think that you're being foolish. I mean, we're told all of these, these things that aren't true and we buy into them, unfortunately, yeah. or our parents buy into them. And so getting people back to visioning about the impact yeah. world they're going to co-create is really something it's hard to get them to do, but it's essential to operating a business that you actually like showing up to. And that's my goal yeah. here. Like, I'm not here to help people build businesses they're going to sell right away or, um, you know, that they, they're trying to exit. I think there's a lot of great coaches out there that will do that for you. I'm here helping small business owners 
build businesses that they actually enjoy being yeah. in yeah. and that they will build wealth in. I want to, my goal is to be able to look back at the end of all this and say, you know what? I really helped redistribute some wealth, power, and influence yes. in small business and away from massive conglomerates. That's what I want to say I, I did. And so that drives me every day, right? Preach it, sister. I love it. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> here, and whole, here we are. It's a whole church in here. <laughs> it's a whole church. A whole church, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love wow. it. It's so essential. <laughs> so yes, tell, tell us more about what you do, because I know you do some really interesting things around brand integrity. So most of yes. the who are listening to this podcast are freelancers and solo consultants. So mm-hmm. what do you think brand integrity would look like for, di- for this market? Tell us more. For every market. For every market. Yes. Why brand not? integrity is having the courage to build a message that is honest. And it sounds so easy, but it's so hard because honesty, like when I say honest, I don't mean like you're not lying. I mean, your honest assessment of what's going on. It requires self-awareness. It requires courage. Every one of us has something that we think, oh, if they heard that thing, if my audience heard that thing, you know, it might not be so great. It might not be saleable. It might not be good for my brand. That's usually the thing that will connect you to the most. It's mm. usually the thing that you're like hiding back here. I have a client one time that was trying so hard to not let the world know that they had this, um, that their business was old. It was, they, they, they were embarrassed that their business was old. It was 25 years old and they were in a space wow. where all of their competitors were startups. And I'm like, that is your unique value. The fact that you're not a startup, we can sell. You don't fit in with that now. That thing that you think makes you weird is usually the thing that we need to talk about the most with your audience. So brand integrity is really about getting into the guts of your brand, what you care about, um, who you are, and then what your buyer persona cares about, matching that up and building some messaging that's going to be really compelling. But it's just so much easier said than done. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that so much because I feel like all of us have that kind of some kind of insecurity that just comes up for us when we have to show up and talk about how amazing we are and what we do. Uh There's just so much insecurity that comes up uh, as we do that. And it's so funny because it's like, it's mostly just mind trash, right? It's like, that's the most, uh, that's the biggest piece. That's the most impactful piece. Like once you get rid of the mind trash, everything gets so much easier. But like, I remember uh, like earlier in November, I had my 30th birthday and I wanted to do this big celebration. So I I got like, I got a a room at the Four Seasons and like I invited my two best friends along and I was just about to post the pictures on, on Facebook. And for a second, I was like, Satya, like, like, who are you to be displaying your wealth in the middle of a pandemic? Like, you know, it's, and I was like, oh my God, like that, that was an actual thought for me. And it was like, yeah. are people going to think I'm weird? Are people going to shame me? Are people going to say how insensitive? Like this, uh, all this stuff that comes up, right? And it's like, that's the exact stuff that stops you from showing up and like actually sharing like the fact that you're doing amazing or that you can have such a lifestyle or whatever. So yeah, everything you're saying is like so spot on. It's It's so so spot. You know what happens? I mean, this is what happens to me, right? When I'm going to share something, one of those things that, you know, so I worry about like, oh, am I too much? Like I dance on TikTok and I post it, you know, I do all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm high energy. I'm, you know, I think (laughs) I'm a lot of fun. And also um, a lot of people think I'm way too much. 
So, right. you know, I definitely am for some people and I'm not for other people. But what happens to me when I have that same moment of hesitation, when I'm about to post something or share something, and then I get that like, oh, I don't want to do it. I, I notice who I'm picturing. So what mm. I should be picturing is my buyer persona. Usually if you're picturing your buyer persona, your buyer persona wants to be wealthy too, right? They're yeah. hiring you to help them accumulate wealth. So if you can really focus on your buyer persona, it's a win-win, but that's not who you focus on in those moments. Right. I see, I don't know why, but I see my old boss from a corporate job who's long since retired is not my friend on social media, but I see him standing there yeah, like, and reminding me that I'm not as good as I say I am. Cause he mm. said that to me, right? And so I remember him being like, you know, you're all talk, Natalie, you walk around here, like you're such a big deal. And he, you know, he felt like he needed to knock me down a peg. And, I'll, and I hear it every time I go to post something that's vulnerable or that pushes me out of my comfort zone. Now, am I making, am I building this business for him? Like, nope, no, he's a retired, like old guy who like, God love him. I mean, he's a very nice man, but like, he's, he's not buying what I'm selling. No, I, and he never will. Never. Yeah. yeah. Never will. They'll never start a business. It's not going to happen. You know, it's a really interesting phenomenon that happens. And it's not even just us like solopreneur or very small businesses. I've seen it in big, big companies. In fact, sometimes I think it's worse in big companies right. because you don't just have your shame. You have yeah. your team's shame. Yeah. So if they're ashamed of the story, if they're ashamed of something internally, and now you have a culture of shame, now you have to overcome 10 people, 20 people, 100 people shame, that's a big, big obstacle. So that's yeah. what we really help organizations do is just identify those things that your buyer persona would actually love about you. And yeah. for some reason you're hiding. Yeah. And oh, I love that. I love that you pointed out, like, who are you picturing? Because I, I get actually who I am picturing when I say, when I feel that hesitation coming up for me is actually my childhood friends. Because, you know, I moved out of India when I was 18. So, like, you know, like my life trajectory went in a very different, different path to my friends. And many of my friends who live in India, they have a very traditional career path. So that's who I'm picturing because I'm like, ooh, like, you know, like for some of them, the pandemic has not been good financially speaking, career speaking, career wise, it hasn't affected me because like my revenues continue, actually my revenue between 2019 and 2020 have, have been exactly the same. Uh, so it's like, you know, I'm like, okay, I mean, considering it was a whole pandemic, am I bummed about it? No, <laughs> yeah, it's, same, it's all right. Same. Like I was like, my income hasn't changed like up or down, it's been the same and I'm like, cool. So I'm like, and now I know that it like the pandemic doesn't make that much of a difference. I'm like, I can make 2021 even better, like all good. Like, and I, again, we still have a whole month to go in December. So who knows? We'll end up being a, like a few, a, a few $10,000 above last year. But the point being that it's like, the, the thing is, I, I picture people from my childhood, the people who continued to stay in India after I left and whose financial positions in life haven't changed that much. And there's a part of me that's like, Ooh, like who am I to flaunt all this wealth or like who am I to have it this good uh, or like you know it just I it's so weird and I, I mentioned this like one of the things about being an empath is like you kind of think or like what they are probably maybe feeling and it's just yes. strange to like reconcile that but also also as an empath empathetic person 
you bring in your own narrative to it. Oh yeah. It's oh, not even sure. clean. It's not for even sure. what they're thinking, right? So you're coming in with like, it's really, I bet you, I bet you if we polled a hundred, especially women, you would hear exactly what you just said. So those friends, uh, old bosses, you know, I, I almost never, if I'm going to post something that's mildly, not even controversial, just like <laughs> out there and really, I know is going to make me very visible every single time I picture like, so that old boss or somebody else who has some kind of legitimate issue when I show up full. And that is really interesting because those are not the people I serve. So I, so those are the things that I always try to kind of refocus, picture my buyer persona, think about how much value they'll get from that share and then go for it anyway. Yeah. But it's a, it's an ongoing practice and it's something that, you know, I'm requiring myself to do on a daily basis. Yeah. That's such a good point. I love that. I love that. Cause again, I think if you're not come, if we don't get comfortable talking about these things that make us uncomfortable or we are not like, or if you're running away from, from these topics, then we're basically running away from every conversation that matters. Yeah. And then the topics own us. Yes. They own us. We don't yes. own them. Like, so, you know, whatever you're ashamed of right now, if you're not share, like you don't have to share everything. I'm not, I'm not yeah. one of those people, yeah. but like, if you're not actively acknowledging that it exists and finding some way to peacefully coexist with that thing, then it actually owns you. If you're yeah. spending any amount of time putting it away, hiding it, any kind of energy on it, it owns you. It's costing you time and money and it's a liability. So, Amen. you know, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> brand church I mean, we call uh we call our coaching service brand therapy yes 100%, that's therapist, exactly what it is but that's how you know that's how it can feel sometimes because our brands especially freelancers solopreneurs consultants our brands are often us and yeah like that's our identity and we're putting it out there in a public way and if you're alone, like I am so fortunate of a business partner because when I was on my own, I was a disaster. I couldn't yeah. manage all of the feelings I needed. Uh, I needed a balance there. No, for I totally get that. I feel like the stuff that I've hired in my, in my team the last few months have been so important for that because yeah, I think it's a myth that you can do everything alone in business. It's a huge myth or not that, not just that you can do it all alone, the fact that you have to do it all alone, which is something that a lot of people feel. I'm like, sweetheart, that's like a whole load of bullshit. Like it actually took me a long time to get it myself. And I'm going to be honest, like I didn't get it in like my first year, second year, third year or fourth year of my business. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I had that moment where I'm like, you know, you don't have to do it all alone, right? Like it's okay to hire a staff. It's okay to hire a team. But seriously, like since I've hired people on my team, uh, like to, to support me, at, at a much greater level like on a daily basis it's been incredible because there were so many things that I was dropping the ball on because I had just had mm. no mental emotional bandwidth and like hiring really changed the game for me in that way so I mean I don't think I would ever want a business partner in this business hey never say never maybe I will um but yeah I, I think so far it's been huge for me just to even have staff on board uh, supporting me every day Oh yeah. I think, and by the way, I do not think partnership is most people's route. And I don't know that it would be my route without this specific partner that I have. Right. She is that, you know, it's one of the most healthy relationships I've ever had in my life. Um, <laughs> I'm very, very fortunate to have Kira because we, we have a perfect match and people ask me about it all the time. And I, you know, people say like, Oh, how do you resolve arguments? And when I'm like, well, we don't have them. 
um, people just look at me like I'm crazy, but you know, we, we really don't. I mean, we have, um, we have an extreme amount of respect for each other's strengths. Mm. We have an extreme amount of desire to not have to do the work the other person does. Right. And so immediately we don't, you know, nobody's looking over each other's shoulder because yeah. she doesn't want responsibility for the things I own. And I don't want the responsibility for things she owns. So, yeah. you know, we, we have a really healthy understanding of that and it drives really everything. And we have yet, so we're three years old now, we just turned three. Um, our official like launch date is in January, but we just started the, we started working together right. three ago, November. And um, we have yet to come across an argument that it was important for either of us to dig our heels in on. Wow, so, I love yeah, it. We, yeah, we just like, if we disagree on something, you know, we just talk it out and we both understand that we're co both coming from the right place and yeah. we just make a decision together. It's really, I love it. It's, it's, it's pretty beautiful, but um, yeah. I don't know that I could replicate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to go and like pick somebody, I, uh, you know, I think, um, I think I got extremely lucky that the right person came along and I didn't know what I was doing when I asked her and it just happened to be perfect <laughs> yeah I mean I've totally had those kind of hires on my team too like I totally was I hired I remember the first time I hired coaches on my team was two almost wow, two and a half years ago and I just randomly found them and I interviewed them and as soon as I interviewed them I was like holy shit you belong in my world come into my programs coach my clients like and we've never had an argument like until today so it's just yeah. one of those things like, you know, once you've had, when you've had really good people and sometimes they just fall on your lap <laughs> and it's yeah. beautiful. And like yeah. we actually, it's the funniest thing is my coaches still don't know until today how the hell they found me. They were like, Satya, I don't know how the hell I found you, but like I found you and I reached out and then we spoke and it was perfect. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and like, here we yep. are. Yep. And that's it. Like, you know, there's so many blessings and opportunities that really jump into our path. And yeah. if we can just be aware enough to notice them, like <laughs> that's, that's the game, right? That is the game for sure. <laughs> so yeah, I'm typically I wrap up my interviews in like 30 minutes. So we are at the 30 minute part. I didn't ask you any of the questions that I initially had planned for you, but <laughs> we had a wonderful conversation. Anyway. We had a good time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very on brand for you with the flamingo and everything. So yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? Yes, people can find us at um, on Instagram at Made Marrow, M-A-D-E-M-A-R-R-O-W, or you can head over to our website, madeofmarrow.com, like get it bone marrow, um, tagline, what you're made of. And, you know, you can just Google marrow marketing and we're all over the place there. Um, but yeah, we're on social constantly. I do IG stories 24-7. We're, uh, we're pretty engaged with our community and it's a lot of fun. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. So my team will put all the show uh, links in the show notes uh, below this episode, but thank you so much for joining us, Natalie. This was fun. And yeah, so fun. I hope, I hope everybody listening checks you out and gets connected with you. Cause I think you're doing cool things in the world and more people need to know about you. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you're so welcome. Talk soon. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. If you want to learn how to hit your first $25,000 month in your freelance business, join us for our free training at satyapurna.com training. That's all for now. 
See you in the next episode.